everyone. I'm Emily Newman, and you're listening to If I Made a Podcast, where we talk about what it takes to build your business from the ground up without sacrificing your creativity along the way. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week on If I Made a Podcast. My name is Emily Newman, and I'm the founder of If I Made, as well as the host of If I Made a Podcast. And I'm here today with Sarah Winward, who is an incredible florist based in Salt Lake City. If you're not familiar with her, you should go to her Instagram and check her out. It's at Sarah underscore Winward. Her work has been featured in countless publications all over the world. She's worked with some of the top event designers, photographers in the world. And if you uh, have ever spent any time on Pinterest, you've probably seen a lot of her floral images floating around there. So last week, we discussed with Sarah kind of how she got into flowers, how she got started, as well as her approach to you know running a business, balancing being a mom and a business owner, as well as her approach to pricing. So if you haven't had a chance to check out last week's episode, I definitely encourage you to. I think her story is so relatable to so many of us when we're first starting out and to those who are considering potentially making a leap into pursuing some type of creative career. Uh, full time. So this week, I wanted to kind of talk with Sarah about her creative process, because I think one of the things that makes Sarah's work stand out is every time you see it, it's just beautiful. It's unique. It stands out in the world. And I think she approaches her flowers in a really unique way and, and how she sees color. So I wanted to kind of hear more about her creative process and have her share that with you as well as her client process. So you know, when she ends up sitting down with her clients, how does she come up with these incredible events that you see transpire on Instagram and Pinterest and in some of the magazines that she's been featured in? So Sarah, thanks again for joining us this week. We're super happy to have you here. Hi, Emily. Happy to be here. So just kind of speaking around this whole idea of your creative process, obviously this varies. This is this has been varied since the beginning and it's evolved just like your business has evolved and you've evolved since the beginning. But can you kind of share with us, I guess one of the things that I'm thinking about some of the webinars we've done in the past, I love hearing why you love flowers. I feel like you speak about it so beautifully and I don't know, let's, let's start there. And then kind of, <laughs> if you're willing to share with, us on, you know, what is your, yeah, what's your creative process when it comes to design and and working with flowers? You know, I feel like it's a little different every time, but it usually just starts with like loving one flower or one color or maybe the shape of something and then I build off of it. But in general, um, I think when I, you know, started making flowers or just always when I'm looking around in the world, color is really important. I love the way colors like speak to each other and play off of each other. And I like mimicking those and arrangements. And I think my surroundings, I, so I live in Utah. I grew up next to the mountains. I'm, you know, looking out them in my window right now. I love the just different greens and browns um, and those kind of earthy tones. And I feel like those actually just for me personally serve as a base kind of color palette inspiration for a lot of my arrangements. And it's funny, I have, um, I have a woman that works for me named Alicia and she, she lives by the ocean. She's from Florida. Everything she sees is colorful and bright or kind of reminds her of the ocean. And when we work together, I'm, you know, everything is like brown and green <laughs> or like <laughs> rocky and reminds me of the mountains. And it's so funny. I think one time when she came to work for me in Utah and she looked around the environment here, she was like, I, 
I get it. I get your flower arrangements now. You know, we'd always worked together when I had been on location, kind of just all over the world. Um, and she had never seen my home. And she said, as soon as she got here, she understood like my color theories and my palettes. And I think I like everything to kind of subtly transition from one color to the next. And there's just always kind of changing undertones of browns or greens. And that's just what surrounds me here at home. So that's kind of what comes out into my arrangements. And that's why I started making flowers really was just because I loved, you know, flowers in the garden. I love flowers out in their environment. And I just wanted to make like little portraits of what I was seeing around me. One of the things I remember you sharing, Sarah, is when you're kind of planning for an event, especially like a destination wedding event, you leave time before that event to actually forge locally where you're planning the event influences a lot of your color palette and, you know, the flowers you end up choosing. Can you share a little bit more about kind of your, your thoughts when it comes to foraging? Definitely. I think because, you know, I got into flowers really because I loved my surroundings and I wanted to, like I said, make these little portraits of them. And so when I started traveling for weddings, it was great because I was going to all these new places and I, and I got to kind of make these portraits of all these new environments. And of course, when you're, you know, having an event, you want it to feel like it's of the place you want it to feel appropriate. And that's my whole thing is like wanting your, your floral design at your event to feel like nature. So it should feel like the nature that surrounds your venue or wherever you are. So that was fun to kind of go, you know, sometimes I get to do a site visit. So I get to see it before, or sometimes I'm just showing up and I have these ideas, but I think incorporating local flora or branches or rocks or whatever it is from the environment really helps make whatever you're doing really feel like it belongs. I mean, you could put some red roses. Let's say you're making red roses at this venue. <laughs> you, could, you could find a local branch and put it with those red roses and it would make those red roses feel more appropriate to me and just kind of tie them in with what's happening around you so that when your guests are sitting there at the event, you know, they have their giant environment around them. They have the, the huge surroundings and those just look like they're kind of mimicked on the tables or, you know, in the installations you're doing around them. And that just feels really nice and cohesive. And it's been such a fun thing for me to be able to do like all over the world in different environments. Sometimes I'm, you know, on a farm in Wyoming, or I've, you know, been in tropical islands or in Europe or something, just kind of taking the challenge of finding the things around me that make that environment special or make it feel like what it is and bringing those into the smaller arrangements or the other elements that I'm creating. So it all feels nice and cohesive. In the last webinar that we did together, you mentioned kind of a moment that you had. Uh, I know your creative process has evolved over the years, but you were sitting down at a table and it was the first time you kind of experienced one of your arrangements as the guest. And that was kind of a shift in the way that you looked at your flowers. I kind of almost went from being I mean, you simplified a lot of what you were doing. Yeah. Do you mind sharing more about that kind of light bulb moment that you have of what it, you know, and how it's kind of evolved since then because of that experience? Right. I mean, I feel like it starts kind of bigger and more metaphorical, maybe like we're out here <laughs> in this world and we collect all these things and we fill our house with stuff and it's just kind of a lot, you know? And then in the wedding industry, I feel like that's a huge thing is like so many so much decor, so many signs, so many tape items, linens and chairs and candles and textures and plates and all these things. And 
it's a lot. And sometimes that's great. I mean, more is more sometimes and it's fabulous. I get that. Um, and I love that as well. And I love getting lost in the flowers and, you know, playing off all these different color tones and having these really elaborate textural arrangements. When I'm looking at one of my arrangements, just as an arrangement, I love that. I love getting lost in there. But then, you know, when I think about it, we love flowers because they're just, they're not simple at all, but they are. I mean, they're just singular and they have all this power to themselves. They create themselves and you could have just one flower and stare at it and love it. And it's amazing to have a giant arrangement and have lots of flowers in it and have it be more complex and love it for that as well. But really the power is just in one stem as well. And sometimes I think we forget that and we go overboard at weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had this one event that was beautiful and it was actually pretty simple, but I had made these arrangements that I absolutely loved. We like got lost in them for days making them and they were incredible. So many colors and contrasts, so much contrast. And there weren't too many varieties in it, but they were just very intricate a lot of dark and light. Um, and we had a patterned linen on the table and candles and food and this incredible view. Um, we were on a lake looking at the mountain. And I, of course, made the arrangements to, to mimic all the colors on the water and on the mountain and everything. But I, I was a guest at this event and I was just staring at my centerpiece, trying <laughs> to enjoy myself. But you know, it's so hard. You do this whole event and you throw on a dress and you're starving and you sit down and try to enjoy yourself. But um, <laughs> it was just too much. Like this arrangement that I had loved and I intentionally put like a really beautiful one at my table. Well, sometimes I put my least favorite one on the table so I know that everyone else is enjoying something prettier than I am. Or sometimes I put my very favorite one at my table. But anyways, in this situation, I love the arrangement, but it was just too much. It was like too much to take in. The environment was amazing. I was having conversation with people. The food was on the table. And like this arrangement just felt like overkill. You know, I couldn't dedicate like the time that I needed to <laughs> to digest everything that was happening in the arrangement. And it was just that light bulb moment for me where I realized that table flowers can be more simple. <laughs> Maybe I should just have more fun making more complex things elsewhere where you're not stimulated by so much stuff. And so that made, yeah, it was just kind of a turning point for me where I thought like, okay, I should just make this easier on myself. It took a long time to make these super complex arrangements. And I don't know that people are really appreciating them in this moment. Like it's dark too. And it might just be too much. Maybe I should go more simple on the tables and allow people to just be overwhelmed with the beauty of flowers for what they are instead of trying to make them so extra. Um, And then that kind of changed my business plan. I think going forward, I realized I needed less varieties and flower arrangements that also really helped in production and helped in ordering and, you know, saves money all these places. And there's still times to make really elaborate, intricate arrangements that you just want to dive into and get lost in. But I kind of realized maybe maybe it's not always on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're going into a space to create an event, how do you see the space? Because I think one of the things that makes your work stand apart is how you transform a space and not, and it's almost like you don't fight against it, right? Or try right. to make it yeah. not. Can you share a little bit more with us about, yeah, when you're, when you're entering a space, what are the things that you're thinking about when it comes to the design for the wedding? Definitely. I mean, I think it starts with talking to the client too. Like, so maybe they bring me to this super modern 
you know, all glass 32nd floor in New York City, but they want their wedding to feel cozy and romantic. So you kind of have to start there thinking what, you know, what do they want? They're taking me to a glass box and they want me to make it cozy <laughs> and romantic. So then I'm going to walk into the space with those eyes. Um, how, how can I cozy this space up? Um, sometimes you're walking into a space that's small and busy and you need to just like clean it up, you know, or put minimal yeah. things in there. So kind of just depends on your motives and your client usually will have kind of an idea going into that, what, what they, what their goal is. But for me, I just, yeah, I look at the space. What are the shapes? Are they soft? Are they hard? What are the colors? Is it busy? Is it boring? And then how can you enhance it? You know, you really, unless you're going full crazy, like full ceiling insulation, draping all the walls, putting down different floor, you know, you can't win. You can't fight a space (laughs) with flowers. Um, You can make it better. Um, and I've found, you know, if you've got red carpet, that's going to be there, don't fight it. (laughs) You'll lose. (laughs) So just work with it. Um, you know, or elevate your eye up so that you're not looking at the red carpet and you're looking at something, you know, floating in the ceiling and your tabletops are new, your tablecloths are neutral and everything's, you know, kind of coming up instead of going down and fixating on those things you're trying to hide. And then just the the style of the space, is it clean lines, is it fancy? And then I'll try and think about the flowers in those ways too. You know, if this is a more modern space, do I want really clean line flowers too to enhance that? Is it more isolated blooms so that you can see the stem and the exaggerated heads on them or, you know, clear vases so that you can see through them and make it lighter? I don't know. There's so so many different thoughts. I think color is really important too. I talked about that a little bit with the red carpet, but I love livening up a space with lots of color. I also just love neutrals. Sometimes if you have a really busy space, whites or kind of a monochromatic color palette can be really refreshing and beautiful there too. Do you take your clients through a specific process at the beginning to like kind of what you said earlier to extract this information from them? So I want our wedding to feel romantic, cozy, or do you find that most of your clients come in already sharing that information? I know that's kind of a big pain point for florists is sometimes they're working with clients who say, I want to have this type of flower in this color palette, but it's being done over and over and over again. How do you get your clients to give you that freedom to come and and essentially create whatever you're inspired by in that space and by them as a couple. Yeah. In the beginning, I definitely had people bringing me, you know, 10 photos. They like print them out. I want exactly this, but with this color ribbon in this vase. And I have the vases myself, you know, people were much more specific. So I don't feel like I had as much creative freedom. Now I think I do. I think just my clients trust me a little bit more or, you know, the industry's changed. And I think just in general, people are trusting their wedding vendors more or they know more potential. Maybe it's with social media or things like people are seeing what's out there. And I think at least when, you know, when I look out there, or maybe I, <laughs> I, I see that we should let people follow their gut or their instinct or their creative um, energy. And I feel like people are turning to the wedding, wedding industry for that more now, instead of here, just make me a party bring me flowers. You know, I think that's something that's valued a little bit more, but usually a client will come to me with at least 
their venue chosen and the date, you know, and that tells me already usually a lot what I want to know from them. Their venue will tell you kind of the vibes that they want. Uh, the season will tell you the vibes that, you know, that it's going to be whether or not it's what they want. Sometimes I feel like everyone wants a summer wedding or a spring wedding or something yeah. in the winter. But, um, you know, there's a few things that they're telling you right when they book. So date venue. And then from there, I'll ask why they chose those spaces or why they chose that date. You know, maybe it's, maybe there's your story right there. Maybe that's how it'll come out, but they actually love it because that's, you know, sentimental for this reason or one or another. And then I usually talk to them a little bit about color in the beginning or they'll have some colors set aside and then just ask them how they want it to feel. And then I feel like they'll always come out with a story or something sentimental that they hadn't said before or, you know, my mom's favorite this or my bridesmaid's dresses are green. Every decision they've made before they got eaten got you is, you know, a step in the right way. And then I feel like I try to choose one thing out of that story that I like the most. You know, maybe they said, you know, they're at this venue because it reminds them of their, this lace that they saw somewhere and then we'll play off the lace, you know? So it's intricate, it's feminine, it's this, it's that. What flowers go with that? What colors in my flowers would tell that story? And then just like this whole time thinking about the season and what flowers will actually have to work with. But I think for me, it's usually just choosing one thing and then building the feel off of that. And then everything that's chosen, every flower, every vase, every candle is just kind of building onto you know each thing one at a time. Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing a little bit more about your world and, and why you love flowers and, and how you work with your clients to create these incredible events that we see on Instagram and Pinterest and and on your site and in publications all over the world. We've got a couple of opportunities coming up where you can learn even more from Sarah for free. If you check out the show notes, we've actually got a few training videos there. We have one on installations, one on bouquets, as well as a really great sourcing guide that Sarah has put together. We didn't have a chance to talk a lot about sourcing, but obviously it's a big part of being a florist. And Sarah shares some of her favorite I kind of go to wholesalers and farmers that she loves working with. And we also have an awesome webinar coming up where Sarah's going to be sharing more about her story. And she's actually going to be doing a centerpiece arrangement. So kind of her process when it comes to creating a centerpiece arrangement based on what we talked about earlier, where she's decided to kind of move away from creating overly complex arrangements and how can you work with fewer variations but still create something really beautiful. So Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for having me. Yeah, great to talk with you. We're excited to be sharing more with you over the next couple of weeks on If I Made. And if you don't follow Sarah on Instagram, be sure to check her out. It's at Sarah underscore Winward. Thank you.